When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Coffee and cream with Rodgers and Benning on Hale Varsity Radio. I, I like to be a big physical you know, offensive line that can do a lot of things, right? You know, I mean, at the end of the day, we want to run the ball and stop the run, and we want to protect our quarterback and affect their quarterback. So, um, you know, we need, uh, we need big, powerful guys up there that are smart and can handle all the looks, and our defense certainly provides a lot of challenges. I mean, they see a different, different defense on every play. Um, so, you know, they're, they're, they're training and they're coming along. Top of the hour on Coffee and Cream alongside Robbie Lula, Andrew Rogers. We're out at the Pinnacle Bank Championship live at the club at Indian Creek. We're happy to have you with us. 888-638-4876, the phone line, or you can get, or you can, words are hard, get involved on the YouTube chat room and we can see your comments there. Uh, before we go any further, let's talk to our guy, Damon Benning. He joins us now on the show, DB out at uh, high school football practice this week, which is why he is not in the chair next to me, but uh, he's doing his thing. DB, good morning. Hey, how are you guys? It's good to hear from you. I can't wait till we can actually do a show again together. I'm kind of getting tired of Robbie. Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, you got to hang in there. Robbie's one of those guys you got to train for. It's a twelve-round fight. We're almost there. <laughs> All right, call me Bud Crawford. I'll, I'll get I'll get deep into the seventh here. Uh, well, I, and listen, I don't want to see any TKO. So let's get this thing to a decision. <laughs> hey, so uh, out at West Side, how's practice going? Man, practice is great. Um, and I'm not just saying that. You know, I shoot you straight. It. We are. Uh, we're way ahead of where we were, you know, a year ago at this time, which is kind of where you want to be. But it can be a little scary too, right? You know, sometimes we we have to have a reality check. Where is this? Is this real? And and it is. You know, we've got some good players, and we're pretty deep. So, you know, we got some areas we got to clean up. Got to figure out how to get off the field on third down. We got to take the ball away a little better. And uh, you know, we got to. Hard special teams to replicate that we had a year ago. So we, we definitely have our challenges. Yeah, how do you replace Tristan Alvano? You really don't. So, you know, one of our long snappers, Will DePooter, is down. Uh, you know, Nebraska, he got, a, he got a walk-on opportunity, and he's long snapping. And I talked to him the other day, and, and you know, he said, it was interesting, when he first got to camp with Tristan, he, he was two-thirds of the other one. Marty Mormino, our punter, was the other, but – you know, it was the snapper, holder, kicker. Marty was our punter as well. So those three were always together. And I would tell them, Rob, you know, I'd say, I'd look at their times, you know, 1-9, 2-0, And I would say, I'm like, you guys have no idea how good these times are. It doesn't make a lot of sense now, but it will. And he comes back the other day and he said, you know, I couldn't believe when I was asking our long snapper, he's asking some of the guys down there, hey, you know, what are some of your best times? And he was giving them their times, and he was like, man, you know, we were doing that in high school, right? And and that's how it was. It was it was as easy as pitch and catch. And so that is, believe me, 
you know, we've had to change some of our protection and we took a lot of things for granted the last couple of years. And we, uh, we, we have some wrinkles that we have to have just to adjust for kind of the, we're not quite as efficient as we were a year ago. DB, you're what, 16 days out from your opening game on the 25th. How are, uh, where are you from where you want to be versus where you maybe thought you would be in terms of kind of being on schedule? You, you like where you're at, but is there anywhere anywhere that you're kind of, you know, you mentioned getting off the field on third down, obviously some special team stuff. Where are the areas where you'd like to maybe pick up the pace a little bit where you're barely two weeks out? Yeah, so I think, you know, we just we're in half rack today. It was our first day with pads. So, you know, we were in helmets the, the first however many days. What is today? Thursday? I don't even Wednesday. know. What is Wednesday. Today? Wednesday? Yeah, <laughs> so today we were half rack. I, it's weird, but every day seems the same, right? right. Um, so I think for us, on offense, right, we, we bring back two and a half starters, uh, five of those guys were in our top nine from a year ago. So offensive line, um, we're much more athletic. We're a, lot, a little stronger, um, you know, but you're going to miss guys like Peyton McDonald, um, you know, big, strong interior linemen. So we're watching that closely. Uh, our running game is a lot better. You know, I just asked, you know, sophomore year, John Mezros was one of those guys where you're like, whoa, look out, right? He split time with Dom Rezac, and Dom had the bad toe, and the world kind of opened up for John Mez. And, you know, last year he played at 201, 202. He's right now, he currently is 181 pounds. He looks amazing. Wow. You know, he's got a chance. He's got a chance. He looks like sophomore, you know, the guy that was highly coveted coming out of middle school at John Mezros. He is, uh, He's a, he's a nice added dimension, so we really want to be able to run the ball without utilizing our quarterback. So that's mm. that's one thing we're working on because, you know, we, you know we rush, he rushed for a little less than 700 yards last year, and we've got to be better in that area. But when, with our wide receiving core, um, you've got, you know, Teddy Rezac, Caleb Benning, Keenan Cotton, you know, Spady, uh, Kevon Shan. I mean, we're loaded. Um at the numbers, Chris, Christian Jones will play a lot of offense for us. So our passing game complementing our our run game is something we've got to, you know, can't get greedy, right? We, we, have, to, we have to have discipline to, to be who we need to be to play late in November. So that is a unique challenge, right? It's, you can't fall for the fool's gold. And then defensively, like I said, I mean, we bring back nine starters. So that 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 helps, and we're able now to, you know, we're messing with our fronts a little bit. Um, we've got some coverages that we want to put in that we think will serve us well down the road. So people ask me, would you rather play a week zero game like Prep or Bellevue West? Right? We have them on the two of those teams are on our schedule the first three weeks. Right. It seems like you guys I'll have take, a gauntlet. It's tough. You know, it's. Seven of the nine teams in our regular season last year made the playoffs, and Millard North lost in Week Nine. They got upset, or they would. It would have been eight out of nine, right? <laughs> so, remember, we we were the one seed with the one loss, and people were scratching their head. But our schedule is, I mean, five. You got Millard North, Millard South, <laughs> Prep, Bellevue West. I mean, that's the way it should be, right? You want to play. 
right. Carney, who I think, you know, much like basketball, will be one of the better kept secrets um, in the state. And we go there, right? So it's what you want. We got an experienced group back. You want to be tested, and 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 we will. So we we want to take the ball away, and and now we're we're kind of adding. We're to the point where I think we can add some wrinkles. We can disguise some things. I mean, Christian Jones, year two in this program with us, um, is a is a is a pleasant thought. You know, he kind of took a little bit for us to get him going last year, and it's a, it's a it's a big boy defense, and and I he's comfortable now. Um, we got a really experienced secondary. Year two for Rezac at the safety spot is is kind of scary, right? He was he was thrown into it last year, and you know it, it's we we've got. If we stay on the gas, we got a chance. Got to stay on the gas, though. DB, as we uh, we were talking this morning about fall camp, too, uh, let's transition to Nebraska. Did it surprise you yesterday to hear Coach Rule say that the one person on the staff that does it better when it comes to having guys rise to expectations is Donovan Rayola? Did that surprise you? No. So it's his personality. Right, remember we kind of talked about guys you'd hang around and get. So here's the thing about Donnie. He, I'll give you an example. I don't know if I told you this when we first, you first came back from vacay, but during our barbecue, so we had recruits in, and well, they had recruits in, and they had the families, and we're kind of in the concourse and we're meeting. They kind of wanted to shake it up, so we mm-hmm. met in a new area, and it was kind of this table setting. It was where I was getting my tail kicked at, at Uno, right? <laughs> so the coaches. The coaches had to introduce themselves and, and say a little bit of something about him. And, you know, he got a microphone and they're handing it around. Donnie was the only coach that didn't use the microphone. They went to hand it to him. He kind of looked at it. He's like, hey, I'm Donnie Rayola, Coach O-Line. Uh, <laughs> give me a Ric uh, Flair. Two claps and a woo. Right? So, like, and the, and the families, like, responded on cue, right? But it's just his presence. He said it. It was kind of awkward. He didn't do what everybody else did. But simply because he was the one that said it, we did it almost like Simon says, right? It just—it it was just kind of weird. But that's his presence. And remember, Coach Rule got a good sense of that early. Remember, he and Coach Satterfield kind of had those meetings early with Donnie probably expecting to need a new O-line coach. After those first two meetings, they're like, this is our guy. And it was the third press conference where Coach Rule said, you know, I, I don't really subscribe to this narrative that we're not going to be – we don't have a good offensive line. It's true. We're going to have a good offensive line. Remember, he said that early. Mm-hmm. Like, and we kind of wondered, like, eh, I don't know. Like, you sure? But he never wavered. And I'm telling you, the players wanted Donnie back. And I said on the show, remember, Andrew, I go, whatever they want, that's good enough for me. Consistency right. in the voice, they know more than I do. Let's ride. And I'm telling you, his standard, his groups, they, I, I joke, right? They, they dress the same. They're always together. They talk the same. They walk the same. They're always together. And it's what he demands. His group does not mess around. Usually it's the D-line between the two interior lines that's like that, and the O-line are kind of the fun-loving, hey, let's hang out, and kumbaya. Nah, 
they're kind of the Henri, this is how we do it group. I don't know how it'll correlate to their play, but from how they go about their business, they they they're locked in. They they are definitely locked in. BB, I was thinking a lot about Rule's decision to retain uh, Donovan Rayola when after kind of his comments yesterday, and it, it kind of occurred to me that it feels like he kind of put more pressure on himself by choosing to keep him because it's kind of a, it was a scrutinized position last year. It wasn't a uh, necessarily position coach that everybody was in love with in terms of retaining from the old staff. I, and it, I kind of got to the point where I was thinking about the conviction it took from Matt rule. Cause he probably understood to a certain level that he was putting himself in a more difficult position than he would have if he just hired a new O-line coach. Does that, does that make sense? 100%. And so I told you, Coach Rule's got a couple of really good gifts. His number one gift, I think, is his, is his, his discernment. Mm-hmm. He's very good at reading people. He's, a, he's very good at reading people. And I think after that first meeting, there were some things that I think he wanted in comparison to who he thought he was bringing on board. Remember, he's got he's got Garrett McGuire, he's got Rob Dvorak, uh, he's got Evan Cooper. You know, he's thirty one years old. Um, you're bringing in a new DC who he didn't know at that time. It ended up being Tony White. I think for his staff, follow me here. He mm-hmm. wanted some veteran toughness a guy that wasn't one of his guys that had the qualities that he wanted that could model behavior for the guys that he was bringing in so they wouldn't be too comfortable you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like if you're putting a team together you don't want all two guards you don't want all shooters you don't want all rim runners you don't want all ball handlers he got a guy that complements the personality and the mental makeup of his staff. I know that's a little deep, but I swear to goodness, as I'm looking at their personalities, Donnie's kind of the one guy that's not like the others. Because even for White being a new guy, he's still a cerebral assassin. So he's a lot like Coach Rule in that regard. Donnie, on the other hand, is like Coach Rule's alter ego. The guy that'll cuss you out when you really don't meet standards, but will still put his arm around you and tell you he loves you. He can't always be that guy as the CEO, but he has his right-hand henchman who's exactly like that, and he's like that all the time. Hmm. For every T. Knighton that's a tough guy that'll still tell jokes, you need a Donnie Rayola who's not about that life. I think he's a really, really good compliment to how he put together the rest of that staff. It's as much his personality as it is anything else. DB, I think you remember, too, me telling you the first thing I was listening for as we got to hear the coaches for the first time was, does Donnie Rayola sound different or sound the same as Coach Rule and the rest of them? Because that was kind of just what I wanted to look for. And, you know, he didn't sound the same. He sounded completely different. So I, I couldn't agree more with that alter ego. Now, as you... As you kind of like 
know what's going on in this wide receiving room. I was talking to BC about this because we talk about it a lot on this show on how, you know, uh, we were never like, oh, gosh, we feel really good about this room, even though some people were on that side. Us, on the other yeah. hand, we were like, eh, I don't really know. Um, you you hear yesterday that uh, Betts is battling an injury right now. You uh, yeah. you're you're trying to figure out like who those young guys are that will step up and and you know whether they're injured or whether they're sick or whether they're just you know not filling the shoes or, or showing up you know, making weight when they first come to fall camp. You have some outliers that need to be present, but maybe aren't. As you kind of look at everything in that wide receiving room, if Betts is injured and say, you know, the injury lasts a little bit longer, who's the guy that steps up for you? Because if you remember, we tried to paint past four a couple of weeks ago, and we really couldn't find a fit that we felt overly confident about. Okay, so we got... So Bullock will be in the mix. Alex Bullock, a guy that I like a lot. Who would I tell you of the freshman was the most game ready based on film? You remember? Was that was that Bell? It was Jaden Doss. Doss. Okay. Who would I tell you was the sleeper of the bunch? Oh, Jalen Lloyd. Jalen Lloyd. Right? So let's stick with that theme because that's where he was yesterday. Jaden Doss is a guy you don't have to babysit. He don't come to work. He was pretty polished. I think a lot of guys liked his tape, right? BC was kind of on that train, too. He's like, you know, Jaden Doss looks like he's probably the closest to being able to play. The reason I said Jalen Lloyd was the sleeper, remember, Andrew, we had this whole height, weight, measurable thing, and I said, you know, Jalen Lloyd was six. I, I said, if Jalen Lloyd was six one, we wouldn't even be having this conversation, mm-hmm. right? Because we were talking about meeting certain measurables, and Lloyd hits them all. He's just slight, but he comes to work every day. He made the great catch when he hurt his ankle uh, when we lost him for the state finals. He came to practice every day. He's in a boot. He's in crutches. That's just the standard, right? The, the, and we heard it again yesterday. The standard is the standard. It's the standard. <laughs> and, we, you know, Coach Samanji was like, hey, listen, even our injured guys, I want you at practice. I want you here every day to be with us unless injury prevents you from being here. He said it in the parents' meeting a week ago. It's just how he goes to work. Even though he's extremely young for his age, he's, he's a year, a full year behind everybody else, he comes to work every day, and he's not afraid of the moment. So that that doesn't surprise me. I'm not knocking, like, the Malachi Coleman's of the world or anybody else who isn't used to high. If you don't have rigor in high school, it is hard to follow rigor in college. It just doesn't happen. It's much more difficult. It's much more regimented. And you have to keep showing up. So I always try to tell high school coaches, listen, your best players, this isn't new, right? You want to coach, you want to be able to coach your best players the hardest, right? You want to be able to have them be able to take the discipline. When that happens, you have a chance to have something special. Take a look around at the high school level, even in middle school. If the best players come to practice every day and they show up every day, they participate in seven-on-seven. Seven. They don't sit it out. They're not too cool. For, they, they play. 
those are the guys that give themselves. So it's not sure fire, but you at least know you have a chance. Now, those other guys can be super uber talented, and sometimes coaches at the high school level have a tendency to babysit those guys. Hey, you know, we need them on Friday nights, or we can't get those guys hurt. You have to be really, really lucky and have some good pieces around them, or those guys don't ever become the guy at the next level. It's almost foolproof. It, it doesn't matter if it's basketball, if it's baseball, if it's football, if it's track and field. If you don't bark as a pup, you don't bite as a dog. It, it, it just doesn't happen. So this is a game of attrition. And read his body language. You know, I asked him the other day. I said, hey, do you want me to I, – I trust you. I know you got it handled. Do you want me to talk to Z? No, nah, we got it on our end. All right, good enough. Hey, we, everything else good? Yep, coach, we're good. Hey, how's Jalen? We're good. Comes to work every day. We got the rest. Okay, don't want to infringe on the relationship? I got it. Just asking the question. He let you know yesterday in his delivery and his post-practice speech from the day before about 90% versus 10% and how easy it is to tap out and that you're the worst teammate ever if you base it on what unit you're running with. That message wasn't for me. It wasn't for you guys. That's the guys. He's, he's talking to his own guys. I'm rolling with the real ones, the ones that want to show up every day. See, that's a guy that I told you guys last week. He has this uncanny ability to push himself away from the table and walk away from the deal, but you know he cares. He doubled down on it yesterday. He'll push himself away from the table. Yep, I'm good. I'm full. I'm ready to move on. I love you, but the rest is up to you. I'm not babysitting. You want to go back to the care, not coddle? Mm-hmm. His message is so consistent, it's silly. And he finds different ways to say it. Hey, everybody wants to play as a freshman. Not everybody wants to come to work every day. Not everybody wants to prepare to play. When your wants are greater than your preparation, you don't even give yourself a chance. And he's good with it. He also told you, I'm not changing come game week just to win a game. I'm going with the real ones. Because that's a guy that's got experience building. You wonder why he may lose a few games early on in his rebuilds? It's because he has some non-negotiables. He's not willing to compromise. He'll take it on the chin, get his culture right, get his guys in later, and then he'll let the live ammo fly. He's telling you everything you need. No, nah, he wasn't at practice today. No, nope, he was injured. Nope, nothing further. See, he's a terrible liar. So he's not gonna. So 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 he's not gonna try. He's yeah. just not going to elaborate when he's done and moved on. He let you know yesterday on a multitude of ways he's ready to move on. Absolutely. Uh, DB, that's about all the time we have. I do think I got uh, plenty of topic ideas for our podcast tomorrow, so thank you for that. Um, but, <laughs> so I'm, uh, I'm excited to get that with you, but uh, good luck the rest of the uh, week in practice over at Westside there, and you know I'm excited to, to have you back in the chair and, 
and we all get to hang out with you. Hey, I'm day. excited for him to be back in the chair too. You can go kick rocks, right? Hey. hey, listen, I'm just glad we're not week zero. Ask me again. I'll always take the tape versus the early game. Absolutely. Uh, that's our I don't remember how I answered that question with DB when he presented it to me last time. DB, appreciate you. Um, hey, any, anytime. We will uh, change gears and, and go into Robbie's wheelhouse next. Uh, Creighton just concluded their trip in the Bahamas, right? All three games. That's they did. it. Yeah. That's all three. Um, so we will get into that. We'll talk about the new faces on the team and, um, you know, just share our overall thoughts from that trip. That's next.